and welcome to Wonder Pod, episode 178. That's right, you only got rid of me for a week. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm back from my week of fun and games away. Um, but as I've said off the air and in post, I do need to thank my always co-host uh, for doing the show last week. They did an excellent job, and if you haven't listened to it, you had damn well better listen to it. Pretty much my attitude on the subject. You can fast forward through the part where I'm actually in the show. I'm I'm okay with that. Um, but joining me this week, as always, is Glacinator. Hello. Retiring from editing duties. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also joining us this week, as he always does, I think his car got crushed into a cube or something, or I need to quit speed reading Facebook. It's John. Funny story about that. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I posted that picture of myself holding my car's license that a, plate that was my good, sad face. Good pout, by the way, yes. I'll, it I'll well, it wasn't bad. It, it, it gets me some places, you know. Um, I would but, suspect it does. But the uh, the funny story is that uh, after posting that picture, my, uh, I don't know if you, if you saw the comments, a couple down, uh, my neighbor, James, uh, asked me, started asking us questions about the car. What's wrong with it? What's, what's the deal? What are you looking for for it? And my car has been saved from cubedom and now is now residing two doors down across the street. <laughs> so he's going to try to fix it, and he seems to be the kind of a handy kind of guy. So, yeah. So my 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 uh, my old Cavalier lives on. The, the the important question is is did you actually get any Canadian dollars for it? Um. Or is that a question I should not be asking when, when on, on a recorded? <laughs> it's it wasn't very much, and and that being said, if I if it had, if it had gone to the recycling the auto recycling depot, I wouldn't have got very much there either. So I really I really was just looking to get rid of the thing. So you you only had to transport it two doors down. You got a little cash out of it, and your neighbor got a car he can tinker with. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a win to me. I don't see how it could be any other way. One for the good guys, yeah. And this is a this is a Chevy Cavalier, the car. It is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with uh, two hundred and thirty thousand kilometers on it. And... Holy shit! I don't even have that on that poor old Ford work truck of mine. I think it's only got one hundred and eighty miles, <laughs> and, which and, is less. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's you know, I mean, it was my old uh, my old what I call uh, the old beater. We're going back and forth to my old job at the refinery. Uh, once upon a time, and which, which is about an hour and twenty minute drive one way. Oh, uh, I used I used to do that quite often, and I put a lot of miles on her, and um, but she served us well. As much as she's is uh, pretty rusty, and you know, having some troubles, you know, in, you know, with, with uh, various places, um, the engine is not really is not. Re- I mean, you can tell the engine is, is old, but because it, it's a two thousand and two, but the um, it was it was still putting around okay until until uh, the last couple of things kind of got beyond our price range to fix. So mm, yeah, ten years of salted roads. Mm-hmm. Is it still got a body or is he driving mm-hmm. around in a convertible? Salted roads and salty air. Don't forget we're on an island here. Oh right? yes, that is true. It's <laughs> double the salt pleasure. Yeah, yeah I had a uh, 1988 um, Honda CRX, and scary thing about that was is the motor. They were on the ball that day. It had 364,000, no, 365,000 miles when I sold it. And the guy that I sold it to bought it specifically for the motor. And he just put the motor, as far as I know, 
untouched into another body. Mm-hmm. And this was when I moved in 2005, and it's that car's still going. And according to him, it's the same motor. So wow. it's got something like four. I bet it. I put 300,000 miles on it myself. Mm-hmm. It had 64,000 miles when I bought it in 90, um, 92, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I hear mixed things about Cavaliers. Some people say they're lemons. Some people have them last a long time. And I guess I'm one of the was one of the fortunate ones to have it so long and and last as long as it did. That's about right. That's I've I've heard pretty similar things. One person, but that can be said of a lot of things. One person. Oh sure, yeah. In fact, when we get back to the uh, point that the audience is sure probably hoping we get to, uh, <laughs> that, that it's pretty accurate in this industry as well. Um, since John and I have been uh, have been uh, singing his car swan swan song, Mr. Glacinator, what have you been playing this week? Well, talking about cars, <laughs> <laughs> been playing a game all about stealing cars. Oh, really? Enough. You GTA Five? You didn't listen to last week's episode, then I guess parts uh, of it. Uh, I haven't gotten through all of it. Yeah, you can listen to the first part. <laughs> well, I skipped what I've been playing because I really didn't care. I, I said not. Play- animal, there's there's a reason why I said not Animal Crossing. Well, you'll notice I put it everywhere. It's on the iTunes feed. It's on the like. I'm sure there were people praying to their monitors, going, "Thank fucking God." That's oh, okay. I'm gonna ruin them because I've got a lot of Minecraft stuff to talk about this week. So it's <laughs> out with one, in with the other. Um, no, I just I I did not listen to what we've been playing. I scanned through it. I do freely admit, but uh, I I I don't know. For some reason, you didn't strike me as a GTA type guy. Maybe I'm confusing you with John, who doesn't like to play as a bad guy. I I did have four when that came out. Oh, I never I never fully beat it, but I had it because I, I mean I do enjoy open world games, and although I'm not all that into dealing drugs, stealing cars, and killing people, although it is amusing sometimes <laughs> in-game. Uh, it's uh, I had heard enough good reviews about it, and the online seemed interesting that I figured I would attempt to pick it up, and I did. I sort of picked it up in a fury of frustration last week. I mentioned this last week because I had just like missed an assignment in school, and I was mad, and so I, to dish out my anger, I decided to kill people virtually. <laughs> so that's that's... Where that, that came from. <laughs> that's the best way to kill people, is virtually. Yes. Because <laughs> it saves real lives. We and need I to can get, get that a on a damn t-shirt. Virtual points for it, too, and make myself feel better. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder how much shit I'm going to get for not listening to the entire show. Of course, we have some people that don't listen to the show. I'm doing air quotes, fuckers. At all. Um, but seem to know a lot about it. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, so you've been playing GTA Five. I've been playing GTA Five. Um, I think I am about sixty percent done in the story mode. Although that might, I might be really more close to done than I think I am because I really haven't bought that much like property that you can buy in the game, and I haven't really unlocked that many things. So I probably am three fourths of the way done, I'd say. I'll probably finish it next week. Um, this past week, I've also been trying to get onto GTA 5 online, which uh, opened Tuesday, I think. And if you've been following any news at all about this, it's been a mess. <laughs> a complete mess. 
Um, basically, all that you've been able to do for the past few days is you can you get on, you make your character, and then you just sit in a waiting lobby waiting for it to load, and it never loads, and then it kicks you out. And so I've been trying repeatedly for the past three days, and I finally got in today, actually, this afternoon. And I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting, oh, all this stuff's going to go on, you know, do bank robberies together with random people. It's going to be great. Uh, and, of course, you know, it's Internet, and people are douchebags. So uh, I think Gamer Dick may have to return um, for future installments of the WonderPod because there's one today, and I guess I'll just mention it now since I'm talking about it. But anyway, in online, you can basically form basically like posses like you could in Red Dead Redemption, and you can go uh, rob convenience stores, basically any convenience store, or you can go do little side missions, or you can make you can set races. Like at any place in the map, you can say, okay, we're starting here, and the endpoint is right here, which I think is really cool because there isn't really, it's very like free-flowing online. There's not really a set way to go about doing it, which is fun. But, of course, if it was a perfect world, everyone would just be willing to play along, and it wouldn't be anyone being douchebags. But um, I had went to set up a mission, and no one joined, so I was like, okay, I'll join someone else's mission. And so when you go to join someone else's mission, you do it from the phone, and you, know, you select on your phone, okay, join this player's mission. And when you join their mission, it brings you to the starting location. And there's sort of like a custom, not necessarily a lobby, you're still in the main world, but you're just sitting there waiting for the mission to start. And while I'm sitting there waiting to start, this guy who's inviting everyone's like, okay, everyone, come on, join in the game. And so everyone's joining. And he's standing there just waiting for everyone to join. And there's like five people just waiting there, all just sitting around, just talking. And all of a sudden, he just pulls out an RPG and just blows everyone up. Just, and everyone dies. Just, he's last on his mic and then signs off. And so, yep. I mean, Dick. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what I was expecting, you know. It's sort of like don't go into a stranger's house or have a stranger come over just because they're probably going to kill you. I don't, I don't know. Just Yeah, don't follow the candy to the van. It, it, it is kind of like playing with randoms on the internet. There's going to yeah. be somebody that shits their fur over that. Yeah, if you do have gamer dicks, just say so before the show and we'll definitely make a space for it. Yeah, that's I a, will that's a have universally them in loved... upcoming months for sure. Well, I think I will too because whether I end up cussing myself Later for it or not, I will be probably purchasing Battlefield 4. <laughs> I'm not playing the beta, because it's a beta, but I think I'm going to stick my nose back into FPS territory. So I think Gamer Dick will be returning. <laughs> but, I mean, other than that one mess up, the online seemed to work. Um, I'm trying, I know that my online doesn't work very well while I'm here in college. What I'm doing is I'm tethering it to my phone as a wireless hotspot and that's sort of working uh, I don't think it's the best connection but I haven't really been DCing as much as I used to be so hopefully for future gaming nights and if we ever want to play a game again I can do online now so so yeah. it's actually letting you see, you might get disconnected every once in a while but it's letting you get through matches and things yep yep well, if you want to brave the world of Battlefield and then we can call ourselves idiots later on the show, maybe we'll have to try it out and see what happens. <laughs> but I mean, if you, I know, are you interested in GTA at all, Bruce? I am, but leg, my leg issues are kind of leaving me financially 
not broke, but cash strapped. Let's say. Okay. Um, I'd not, like not to. Not horseshoe fight or anything, but I'll just bring up what I mentioned last week. Okay. Uh, since you weren't listening, but it's for the YouTube. I'm never gonna hear the fuck. <laughs> I. I, I'm an honest guy. Fine. I'm an honest Brr. guy. I say it. I'm never gonna. I, no, I don't expect to hear the end of it because I thought when I was when I had the show, I'm like, I'll scan through what they've been playing. Nobody'll ever fucking know. And then I didn't think about the fact that we would be talking about what we've been playing, which usually carries on from one week to the next. So in essence, I'm an idiot. Um, if that comes as a surprise to anybody at this point, after 178 shows. I can't help you. Um, anyway, so so what's the deal, Glaze? Um, what I basically told John last week is that for GTA V, it seems like Red Dead Redemption was sort of this prototype of GTA V, just in the way that it plays. Because uh, I mentioned a few things. Um, in, in Red Dead Redemption, you know how sometimes you'd be riding around and you would run into people like on the side of the road? Right. You, know, you could either help them out or they sometimes they'd rob you. Right. They have stuff like that in this game, and they expanded upon that. Like, there's a lot more, like, just organic stuff going on. It's not all just missions, which I enjoy. Like, random stuff will just happen, like it, like it did in Red Dead Redemption. Um, and plus, it's, I mean, it's in California, so it's sort of the same setting in some of the areas of the city. You can go outside the city, and it basically looks sort of like Red Dead Redemption, but with cars. Uh, and they, they use some of the same models for animals like they have the coyotes and they have the cougars that kill you in Red redemption all the time that are running around in the woods so it's it's a lot more of a crossover than it just being okay you're in the city now kill things well you know i played four a little bit on pc and i i played it a little more after i got my controller set up and i kind of noticed felt that a vibe or a shift in four what i played of it like, maybe they had learned something from Red Dead Redemption. You know, because Red Dead and John... Four could... came out before Red Dead Redemption, though. It did, yeah. Or, or, right, but, okay, then maybe the ship was just happening because of what was in development or just a general attitude at Rockstar, but it felt different than the other GTAs. You know, it didn't feel as... And, and my problem with GTA always is I'm kind of half like John. I, I don't necessarily like playing the bad guy all the time, all, which isn't entirely true because I usually play Assassin class in MMOs and they're not good people. Um, the title gives it away. But I always kind of liked the um, the the uh, Saints Row series better because it was humor. You know, oh, it's this, like, this, this game is pretty funny. It's, I think it, you'll like this one if you get it. One of the characters sort of reminds me of you, and I feel bad for saying that. Because... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> now, yeah, now it's like, uh, you should feel bad, because now it's almost like, can I scratch 60 bucks up to see the Bruce McGee clone? Um, well, because, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. If it's got more humor, that's a, that's a point in GTA's favor, because them coming closer together is not a bad thing, especially since I think Saints Row's done now. Okay, if this doesn't sell you on the game, then I don't know what will. But one of the characters, he's, his name is Trevor, and he's sort of crazy and, like, does crazy things. And his special, like, he has special events that he can do. And during these special events, he basically just goes on rampages and just kills everyone in the area. And sort of like, you know, like a, I'm trying to think of a game to compare it to. Sort of like a horde mode, in a way. Like, enemies just keep coming. And the last installment of, this, of these horde modes that you can do with him 
is uh, you have to kill 50 hipsters in two minutes. Sold American. (laughs) That might top beating people to death with a four-foot-long purple dildo in Saints Row 3. Because I, I know it's I know it's wrong to beat somebody to death, but if you can actually not laugh when you're beating the living hell out of somebody with a four foot long purple dildo, I, <laughs> then you're a better person than I am. That's all I'm gonna say because it, how can you not laugh at that? <laughs> <laughs> but I like that tongue in cheek humor. You're absolutely right. I mean, Saints Row more goes from just over the top. Oh, come on, guy. You're laughing, but you're like, oh, come on. Y- you know, I, and so, yeah, I, I definitely am going to have to get it. And, well, I'll put it to you this way. If I get it, I'll get it on console. Okay, yeah. You I know, because, because. I don't think it's on PC, is it? Did they not really? Oh, yeah, that's right. They were. Yeah, they pissed PC gamers off because they said they weren't going to release it. And now maybe they'll release it. And the latest is they might possibly release it. There was a great me- there was a great meme about that actually with the guy who- the guy who left Microsoft to go to uh, uh... oh Zanga you mean yeah the- yeah that guy the poor you know sacrificial how- lamb bastard yeah okay yeah you know how I said that thing about people who don't have internet there's a product for you and it's the Xbox 360 and deal with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 well yeah well the new meme was <laughs> can't play <laughs> GT what is it um. Yeah, can't play GTA 5 on PC. We have a product for you, GTA 4. <laughs> oh, you know, oh yeah, yeah. you know what it would have been an even better one? I I am surprised those crazy marketing bastards, and I follow a couple of them on Twitter, at um, Deep Silver didn't pick up on that. Because can't play GTA 5 on your PC? We got a product for that. It's called Saints Row 4. Saints Row 4. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fucking... Ooh. Oh. That would have been that would have been pretty good, actually. Yeah, <laughs> you're right, actually. Oh, I I am stunned that Deep Silver did pick up on that, and I got to you... give them credit because they picked up a franchise. And you'd think some companies would be leery of picking up franchises after what's happened to Gearbox with their last couple. Bruce, you need to send uh, you need to send them a tweet. Yeah, I follow, and I think she follows me. Uh, Aubrey Norris, their head of PR. Or yeah, you should one totally. of their big PR uh, wheels. I'll, I'll shoot her a tweet after the show. That's a very good point because that's what I thought. That was my initial thought. I've been saving that line for God knows how long. I thought, well, hell, okay. Won't put GTA 5 out on PC. Go play Saints Row 4. Oh. But if, so, you like, if you like Saints Row, you'll like GTA 5 a lot more than 4 because 4 sort of was like a tragedy almost in a way, just in the way the story is. Right, it's very, a, very depressing, you know. Although it's, you know, it's a good story, but it's, it has funny moments, but it's very like serious. I can't put my finger yeah. on what that, the, what I was feeling, but I just felt like it had shifted from from three. It it it, it felt more like something else. And maybe, I'm sure Red Dead was in development, mm-hmm. I, and maybe they, maybe that whole spear of influenced each other you know because there were i mean a lot of people just to be dismissive and hipster you know derided red dead after it got popular of course because that's how it works with unclever shit bags uh of being just gta with horses you know but when you really dug into the story of red dead that's what sold it to me mm-hmm 
you know, was the, was the single player story and the tragedy aspects. I I didn't get all the way through GTA Four, but I got through enough of it. You could kind of see what they were going for. Yeah. You know, and and you could see how that could lead down some pretty dark paths. Yeah. Um, but still, I, maybe maybe I'll have to play Four some more to figure out which w- what the shift is. Well, five is not serious at all. It's a lot more satirical, which I am enjoying. Well, I applaud There's... Rockstar for that. I mean, you're going to have, again, and I, I'm sounding like a broken record, you're going to have the unclever and stupid going, oh, they're just trying to copy scenes. Well, no, GTA I always thought had too hard an edge. It was good during the first two because there'd been nothing like it, right? But... Once you get past that first or second game, I think you really should look at not changing it too much because then you'll start really flipping out the hardcore fans, but changing it enough that that it kind of you know evolves over time. I guess maybe would be the would be the phrase. Uh, so if they're going for a more satirical approach, without going you know because Saints Row is not a satire; it's just it's just parody. Yeah, it's just over the top. You know, like I, I'm sure that they were sitting there with a, you know, test play testing it amongst themselves, and the guy's got a baseball bat, and it's like, what would be more ridiculous than that? You know, and then they they change something else, and what would be more ridiculous than that? I know purple a purple dildo. You know, I mean, I could I could see the the lineage of how the hell, you know, Saints Row Three got made, and and four, I mean, takes it to just it's it's peak level. Aliens versus gangsters, you know. So if GTA's kind of getting a little lighter side, a little more satire, then you know, fair enough. I, I, I think I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying a lot more than four. So whatever they're doing differently is is working for me at least. Oh, uh, anything else besides Saints or besides Saints Row, besides GTA? Um, I don't really play it, but uh, Rayman origins was free on ps plus i think it still is for vita so if you have a vita and you have ps plus go ahead and download it because that's what i did the other day um only played one level i mean but it looks really nice on the big screen but always good to have more games on there <laughs> that's really all i've been playing Okay. I will t- I will tell you with uh, great confidence that it was a good move to get Rayman Origins. <laughs> the um, the only thing I hope is that the the Vita version keeps up with the frame rate of the of the HD versions because um, I've downloaded the the 3DS demo before uh, and b- before oh, yeah, I, I did too. It looked terrible. It oh yeah, it was awful and yeah. especially after having played the, the the HD ones, man, just gross and. Uh, yeah, I had it on 360, so... Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, I've played it before. But, I mean, it's not as nice as it looks on the giant screen, but it's mm-hmm. it's holding up pretty well. Good, good. All right, John. What have you been playing the last two weeks since I'm now busted? <laughs> I got to recap two weeks? Well, I'm going to recap no, the last... No, 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 you don't <laughs> have to, but if you want to get your shots in like Glacinator did, I'm, <laughs> I'm giving you carte blanche. Well, well, last week I actually didn't play a whole lot, um, though I did play a little more Guacamelee this week, got some more trophies, but not a whole lot to report on. I, w- I, w- I won't say I'll return to talking about that until I'm finished, and I'm, I think I'm two uh, big stages away from finishing, and so I'm kinda, that's why I'm kind of mopping up a few 
trophies while I can. So I'm, re- I'm really not sure what the post-game situation is like, whether you can go in and, and do those things or not. So I uh, played a little bit of Runner 2 just, uh, you know, in the background while I was watching wrestling. Um, more Rayman Legends with Peter, but nothing really new to talk about with that. But what I will talk about... Uh, well, I, I did buy uh, a, cheap, a very cheap copy of Muramasa the Demon Blade for Wii. And that kind of ties into what I'm going to talk about next. And, and that is... The Wii U got a firmware update, um, a system update this week to the version. I think it's 4.0. I'm not sure, but but it got a, it has a couple of you know superficial updates. You know, being able to plug a headset directly into the gamepad and taking screenshots, blah 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 blah. But the the, the big uh, addition to the to the update was that you can now play well before you could always play Wii games with your Wii U. It's fully backwards compatible and it has its own little Wii. Wii menu uh, built into the system, but now you can output the video to your gamepad, and which is kind of neat because you know one of the things that I've talked about being a great thing about the Wii U, and I think Pat has indicated as such as well, uh, being able to play off off television is pretty is pretty great. That you know you can you can have the television turn to the tel- you know onto the satellite or whatever you have or play a DVD and 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 you can play the game on your gamepad uninterrupted you know the 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 you know the the console experience right there in front of you so that you know being able to play the Wii games is just, you know more games to add to the to the pile as I I've mentioned a lot that you know Nintendo are really they really have to get more games on that system and and while you know fair enough the you know, these are games that you could already play. You could already play Wii games, but now being able to play them on the gamepad is kind of an extra, just a neat feature. It's not—I don't think it's a game changer for them, but it's, but it is pretty neat. Um, but the only bad thing about it, or the thing that's kind of missing, is that you can't, you can't use the controls on the gamepad, like the A, A, B, X, and Y buttons and the thumbsticks and such. You can't use those in the games. You have to actually use a Wii controller. And basically use your gamepad as a miniature television, if you will. And uh, built in, built into the into the gamepad, there are actually uh, two infrared lights above, next to the camera, and um, which actually you know acts as a sensor bar for that the, that the Wii has that you, that you put on top of your television or below it. So you know you can use the pointer exactly the same way as you would with the television, but on the gamepad. Um, so you can basically put your gamepad on this on one of the stands that they provide to you, and you know play it right there, or you know, or in your lap. If if you're playing a game that has, uh, let's say, um, simple like more simple input, you know, there's no motion control, and you can just use the classic controller, say, or the the gamepad turned sideways. You know, it's it's not ideal, but it's not too bad. And because you know, a lot of the Wii, a lot of Wii games require pointer or motion control, so you know it's kind. Of, I, th- I guess it's kind of tough to. You're, you're at that point. You're, you're kind of patching every Wii game to be able to use the gamepad to do motion control or whatever. So, um, but uh, that being said, uh, the, the Wii games compared to my 42-inch TV, because you know they get blown up. I mentioned before how the, the Wii U kind of gives a small graphical upgrade, like it outputs in in high in uh, 1080p and with HDMI, so the colors pop more. Some games look really really fantastic, but you know, in all honesty, you do kind of have to sit back from your television a bit, so that you know, if there's any jaggies, you kind of don't notice it. They kind of blend in. But on the Wii U small screen, surprise surprise, everything looks absolutely gorgeous. So you know, Wii games end up looking 
like it almost look like HD games because they're just because they're on a smaller screen, you know. Um, so I, I played a couple of things. I didn't go. I, w- I wasn't quite as extensive as I was with, um, play, you know, when I went through that series of Wii games just to see what they look like on t- on, on the television. Um, but you know, Kirby's Epic Yarn looks great. Mario Galaxy Two looks unreal. Even games like Twilight Princess, which I and and Resident Evil Four, which I said before looked really bad on my big television, even though they're going through the Wii U. Look fantastic on the on the gamepad. So like these games, you know, kind of become playable again <laughs> for me with my current setup, at least. You know, um, without having to bring the Wii up to the up to the old CRT television upstairs, the twenty six inch, and and so that you know for me that's great. So um, I guess the you know and so on Twitter like that was a big deal. Everybody you know the people who were interested in that kind of of a detail were were. Tweeting about it a lot, and but the you know the one bitch of course is that you can't use the gamepad controls to play with Wii games, and personally, I I think that's coming. I think that's something, like it has to be something that you can do at least for the games that have game um, that have um, classic controller support and and don't require the motion control. So so you're talking about all the Wii Virtual Console games. You're talking. I mean, I I think I posted a link. Uh, on Twitter, uh, to the to the Wikipedia page that shows all the compatible games. So that's, that's everything from Mario Kart. Uh, we, you know, there's 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 a metric shit ton of games that are that are uh, classic controller supported without that don't require motion, don't require pointer. And I, you know, I think uh, I think Nintendo, if they were smart, uh, they would try to make the gamepad controls classic controller controls. You know what I mean? Like it has to be easier to patch the the controller, whatever way that you know the configuration has to be, patch that, than patch every single Wii game. It has to be easier to, to patch one thing rather than all. So, I, I you know in my heart I think that's coming, and I think it's going to be a great little feature uh, if the time ever comes, especially um, if Wii games start showing up on the on the virtual console. You know if that if that ever happens, you know like. It, it seems like a natural fit. So, you know, it's, it's games on the console that, that the Wii U needs. They're old games, granted, but, you know, there are some great, great titles on the, uh, on the original Wii. And, uh, and finally, uh, I caved uh, today, and I bought the Zelda Wind Waker HD. Uh, I, it makes me wonder, Bruce, if you go back in some of the episodes, if I actually have a quote where I said I was going to hold off <laughs> until some point. But, I have this feeling that I know somebody who will do the fact-checking for me. <laughs> Probably. Somebody I, I, who said that you were going to cave anyway. Yeah, and I knew I would. And I, and I believe my quote on, on Facebook to Pat when he asked me the question was, uh, I think I said, sometime after payday. Well, guess what? Today was payday. <laughs> <laughs> and so, a- actually, I tried to buy it yesterday, which was when I bought Miramasa. Uh, I tried to go in. Cause I, I figured it was a Thursday release because... I knew it wasn't Tuesday because Nintendo never never released first party games on Tuesday. They often do it on Sunday, but uh, but Thursday is when their eShop titles come out. So I thought, well, okay, you know, it's October something. It must be a Thursday. But no, it was a Friday release of Wind Waker HD on disc. You know, it's been on it's been on eShop for for a week or two now, but but the disc itself came out today, and it's, it's really weird. And and a funny story about it is that the guy. You know, started kind of going on a rant. This is the EB Games guy um, about how 
about how Nintendo need to get their act together and decide what the, what the hell day they want to release games on because because he had apparently Pokemon XY is releasing on a Saturday uh, or ne- not this Saturday but not not tomorrow but the Saturday after and uh, and he said I'm not doing the midnight release. I don't care what, what, what people people are bitching and moaning to us about not doing a midnight release. And I said, I'm not giving up my Friday night <laughs> to sell video games to, to a bunch of people who who show up here at midnight. There's no way I'm doing it. So 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 that that store is not is not doing midnight release at Pokemon. They'll sell them on Saturday regular time. So uh, it's kind of funny. But uh, I didn't play very much of we uh, of the. Zelda Wind Waker HD. Uh, P- I, I, it was a surprise for Peter, and he was very excited to to to, to, to see it. He did, I don't know. I don't even know if he knew the difference, other than it was in a different box and on a different controller. But uh, you know, he was very happy to start the game over again. And we we played as far as uh, Link gets back on the uh, gets on the pirate ship after his sister gets kidnapped by the big bird. And uh, and boy, yeah, he was he was sucked right back into that to that game. And uh, I'm very happy about it. So, yeah, it looks great. You just want to, like I tell you, you, you just want to drink in the visuals because it just looks so pretty and so colorful. And 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 compared to the GameCube version that we, we have been playing, it's you know the GameCube version was pretty good, and but this is just smooth and crisp and and like just like a cartoon is you know this very happy with it. And uh, Wanda kind of gave me some flack about buying it because. That's the game we already got, and I was, yeah, but it's cooler. <laughs> Today it's cooler, so, but I think I think we'll be happy with it. And that's all I've been playing. Uh, apologize for the typing; I didn't realize I was unmuted. Um, as to me, the uh, I've been since I've been back, I've only been playing um, Age of Conan, which is an MMO. Although there is a hilarious mission or quest in there where you are taking you're delivering gold for a gold seller which is a common problem in MMOs actual in-game gold sellers and so to see the folks at Funcom take a little tweak at gold sellers that tend to ruin in-game economies and make a mess was rather cute and uh, like he'll tell you that he'll sell you a hundred gold for, or he'll sell you. Uh, you give him a hundred gold, he'll give you ninety, uh, <laughs> and things like that. So I found that kind of amusing as a longtime MMO player. But the big thing I've been playing, I alluded it, to it a minute ago with Minecraft, is one of the people I play MMOs with and worm with. Really great guy rented a Minecraft server so that we could put this mod. Actually, it's a set of mods known as Feed the Beast Unleashed on it and play a modded Minecraft server. And as much as I enjoy the vanilla LFT Minecraft server, actually adding mods on on another server has opened up a whole new aspect of Minecraft. It's still very much Minecraft, and I could sit here for an hour and explain to you all the different things that you could do with these. I mean, it's literally in the Speed the Beast 
unleashed pack. It's literally 116 mods. Um, it runs great on a server. I get no worse, uh, you know, performance than I do on LFT, which is perfectly fine. And it's a lot of fun to play. Um, I played it for a good chunk today before the show and it's almost like starting over because once you get out of the normal vanilla Minecraft stuff, which is still there, you could literally play on this server as we do on LFT and pretty much do the same stuff. But once you start to dig into the different aspects of the mods, it's a lot of fun. And, and it kind of reminds you of the of the early days of Minecraft when it was an alpha and not, you know, uh, the wiki wasn't as populated. You were learning by trial and error. Uh, I spent the day trying to make an apiary for bees because uh, this one mod has bees. And I must have messed up this one thing 12 times. I was getting really frustrated. And then I got it right and I got it done. And it was made me so happy to have it finished and to, to, to get everything done and then get, uh, you know, bees in there and have them do their thing. And there's just all kinds of stuff in there. There's redstone engines. You have oil so you can make fuel for combustion engines. There's all kinds of different lighting. There's all kinds of different ores now. I mean, there's tin, copper, uranium, quartz. Uh, it just, you know... Um, different kinds of plants from barley to cotton to uh oh boy all kind of, they've added a bunch of trees with some of these and i mean we barely scratched the surface of it we've only they uh, he started up the server let's see i helped him configure it monday he rented the server on monday when i got back well i was back sunday but um it's a lot of fun glaze Playing playing on, on on a modded server after having played vanilla for so long. My issue with mods is not that they're mods; it's just that they're not as permanent as playing the normal game. If that makes any sense. Well, what this what this group has done is oh, the other nice thing it has is it has waypoints that you can warp to. You can just warp around. I mean, it, and that's within the mod. The, the, the nice thing about what this group has done is they've got it up to 1.5.2. And you have to have a, a registered account, right? You have to purchase it. But when you download the Feed the Beast pack, it comes with a copy of the 1.5.2 Minecraft. And it does, you don't even, you don't even have to install it anywhere near your vanilla Minecraft. Right now on my computer, I have Feed the Beast. I have my vanilla Minecraft, which is 1.6.4, I think. And, and then I have on that same, on that same um, account or same system of the vanilla Minecraft, I have a 1.6.4 uh, profile that's for mods. I have two mods running, just Buildcraft and Industrialcraft, which I talked about a little bit before I left. So in that in this way, Glaze, it, it stays a stable environment. They move up every so often when they're ready to incorporate everything. You see what I'm saying? 
they're the best put together and stable set of mods I've ever messed with. Um, talk to me after the show if you want to get in there, and we'll oh you can run around a little bit and see what you think. <laughs> okay. Uh, because I, I already talked to them about it, and I don't think they'll have any problem with you um, <clears throat> being added to the mix. But uh, but I understand your concern, and it's also a concern I share, but truthfully, the way these guys are doing it and how they go about it and how... Hmm. I'm still not coming up with the right phrase. How Just just how how they understand that every time Minecraft updates, mods break. So and, and this is all done with the blessing of Mojang. Um, I think right now they're only second to that Yogs cast knuckleheads, as as far as you know, mods. And I mean, the, it's got a huge wiki. They even got a support line if you're having issues, which one of the players that's playing with us did. Um, I'm not sure how many of our audience is aware of this, but keyboards. As you move around the world, tend to change some, and not all shortcuts and keybinds work with all the different EU keyboards. As you move from country to country, I mean American, Canadian, and British are fairly standard, but you get into some of the other countries and it's not so standard. Um, but they have they have a support system where you can find out ways to to fix things that are are not working. So, like I said, I mean, I don't know if it'll change your mind about how all mods are, but but I I after a week of playing it, pretty good. I'm pretty impressed with how this set works. So, and that's all I've been playing. And next week, Glacinator will tell you how much fun he's having it because I can hear he's hesitant but willing. Um. <laughs> That's what silence is? <laughs> you know what I meant when I said that <laughs> I, I could get you into the server. Well, actually, I don't even think the whitelist is running. <laughs> Be quite honest, I don't know how he's got it right at the moment. Um, okay, so also hearkening back to last week, although I did listen to uh, a bit of this, um, I, I want to talk a little bit about the Steam Box, because I do have some opinions on it, just briefly. I know we're already pretty well into the show, and it's probably going to be one of our longer ones, but I do, I did, I did want to harken back to that from last weekend. So the OS, don't care. I have an opinion on it, but I don't need any filling in on. Um, the controller looks like a reel-to-reel tape. They really should have put out a picture with the sticks actually in it. Uh, <laughs> so we don't need to talk about that. But I would like to hear both of you guys' opinion on what exactly this device does for gamers of all levels um john let's start with you what 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 is your well how do you picture see the steam box what do you think it is essentially just give me a rundown well i mean i i I, compared to what i said last week and i guess i do have a little bit of an update on, on, on what what i thought the the steam machine was the steam box whatever the the thing that I thought it was was a series of, of you know, PCs ran, running a particular OS, the Steam OS, and that would play Steam OS games. And 
I didn't really consider consider the streaming part of it and how it connects. It could connect to your current PC. So, um, you know, given the like, okay, before I go into that part of it, if it was a, if the Steam Machine was a seven or seven or eight hundred dollar PC that only played the hunt, what we said was literally hundreds and hundreds of of of, uh, of Linux games, I, I didn't. I honestly didn't see much utility for it unless they could get something on there uh, that would be a killer app or uh, some major uh, uh, support by the by by developers and publishers. But having you know looked a little bit more at it and and some more commentary about it, I came into to find to find out that the Steam Machine, the the idea of it being a streaming device, uh, was a little more interesting. So, like the Steam Machine by different manufacturers could also mean that it's not just a PC. A Steam Machine could be what's essentially a dongle or a, you know, a, a low-level streaming device that would stream your Steam games from your from your Windows PC and Mac and Mac. So, you know, you're say you've got that PC that can run Witcher 2. That, that there's no Linux port of it, and you know, high-end PC you already paid over a grand for it. Well, your your maybe, you know, hypothetically hundred dollar steam uh, steam machine streaming device that sits out next to your television plays that you know streams that game maybe you know maybe with you know hopefully minimal latency or lag or whatever and you get that you get that PC performance that you've tweaked and and don't, don't, you know optimized on your television that model of a of a device makes more sense to me. Than the Steam Machine, that's an actual PC. Like it, it harkens, it harkens to the to the PST, you know, the PS Vita TV. Uh, that's one that, that can stream from your PS3 and go to the Gaikai uh, service. It harkens to, uh, you know, maybe what the what the Apple TV will, you know, the, the if, if that if that gaming Apple TV ever 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 drops. Um, it, it, it makes a lot more sense to me in being an appealing device if you don't want to if you don't want to buy a whole new PC, several hundred dollar PC. So I think from that point of view, that that could work. You know, you know, a streaming device that has its own little OS, its own interface that runs Steam OS, and and that's what it does. And you and or if you want to, you can get the full PC. But I think that. That that that's the device I think that would be the that might be the hot the hot item. It plays the games you already own. You already have access to that to that uh, you know that cheaper Steam uh, library. Uh, you know that already runs on the computer you already have. So, to me, I think that's the device that might break break the 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 uh, playing PC on a console on your television. That might break it and make and make it happen. Glycinator, what is your take on what the Steam Box, Hot Box, Steamer, Steam Train to Cleveland, Cleveland Steamer? Okay, I'm done. Uh, what's your take on it? I'm going to stick with what I said last week on it being more so geared specifically towards getting more people participating in the Steam service specifically, more so than it being its own console or box or whatever it is. That seems to be the main attraction. Everything else is just, you know, 
Gatchins and Gizmos to get you excited. But, I don't know how to extrapolate upon that. Well, I mean, that's why I asked you guys to run through it again, because I, I'm not seeing the viability here. First off, you have an OS that's based on an OS that's not known for stability. Now, it's not the old days of Linux. That That is, to be sure, it's a lot more stable now. But if something behind the curtain goes wrong with the mechanics running the Steam OS, is that something a casual user could fix or have somebody talk them through? Well, that's what I think Steam OS is. I think it's it's like the operating system under under the hood of your Xbox 360. It's that it's what's going to run that console, and I don't think you're going to have to think about it. If you if you're a power user and you're the kind of person who can do that, then maybe there, those options are available to you. Do you want to turn on VSync? Do you want to do this and that? Right? But but I think on the most part, your Steam OS will know what game you have and be able to you know kind of like. Like one of the comparisons I heard was that NVIDIA uh, experience thing mm-hmm. that you get on your computer that kind of generally gives you a pretty good output of your of that game. That, you know what it thinks is optim- optimal settings. That might be that might be well and good for the for the regular for the you know casual user. Well, then they need to do one of two things. They need to stop talking about its Linux roots because that makes me not trust it. And they damn well better make sure it's 100% stable. Because if you go off the model of the casual, or semi-casual, you know, meaning don't want to tinker on PCs like I will, um, then it had better be like the Wii. It had better work every time you turn it on, unless you run over the sensor bar with a vacuum. Um, That's a callback from way back, man. Um, anyway, so that's my one concern right there. Is, 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 does that make sense to you guys? Sorry, I was muted, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, apparently it doesn't because there's no fucking <laughs> silence. Well, I, think, I think what the phrase I used last week is that it has to work. Right. If it, if it doesn't work, it's toast. Okay, so that's one potential letdown. Right, that's one potential failing that could doom it. The other is streaming, for which which pretty much eliminates people like me that can tinker, that don't have to run their PC games at 60 FPS or better, or I'm gonna shit my fur. Because streaming is still enough of an unknown, depending on your net connection. As Glacinator has just pointed out, having to tether his iPhone to his 360 <laughs> to get in some GTA 5 games, that I just don't know if the if that if if we're ready to take that leap of faith, or ready to take that leap of technology, and, and see it in mass and in homes. Well, to be honest, you know, it's it's the opposite direction. But I do, I mean, the Wii U itself is, you know, when you output the, the, the HD uh, game from your Wii U to the tablet and play it directly on the tablet, that's a form of streaming. And streaming, and, and 
there, I mean, I can't notice any lag or latency between the two. Do you know what I mean? Right, uh, but but that's ten feet away. Well, that's what this is gonna. This is what I think. Like, you might have your PC in your upstairs office with your television downstairs. You know, I, I guess there's that distance, more than ten, maybe perhaps more than ten feet. But this is the idea that you're gonna do this within your home. It's not gonna be over the internet. Well, right, right, right. But but you, it's still like okay. Let me put it this way. As as I've said before, and you bastards have growled at me, rightfully so. I've got a seventy sixty five to seventy meg. Wired connection, right? Download. Five meg up. When I go to my wireless Wi-Fi, I can get six or seven if I'm right next to the modem. Every room I move away, it Mm. gets less. Fair enough, yeah. See, this is where... I'm not saying that it's not possible. This is where I feel that... um, Valve needs to do a better job explaining as we go forward how they're going to because that was one of the 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 bitches about that other streaming service that Pat loved to make fun of the online that went tits up which is what Gaikai was going to do until Sony bought them um and and don't let anybody tell you otherwise cuz they didn't have any better setup than online did from everything that was shown before Sony bought it and shut down any information on what they're doing and what not. And it's the same, pro- you know, if you're sitting, like like where I think the PS4 slash Vita is, is maybe going to be okay, is if you're sitting right there, you know, from input to output within two to five feet, you're probably good. It's just when you start to get distance. You know, like I know for a fact that Pat, man, um, our, our resident segment ranter, his PC is upstairs. His his T big TV that his 360 is on is downstairs, and that's a decent distance. And you also, to a certain extent, as far as I'm concerned, still have to take into account what is it going through. Mm-hmm. You know what is this? What is the signal degradation going to be depending on uh, what's in your walls? <laughs> I mean, at this point, if it's asbestos and lead, you got bigger problems than streaming. But even with modern construction materials, which I do know a bit about, funnily enough, <laughs> or maybe not, uh, you still have to, to, to worry about signal, signal degradation, I think, right now today. Now, like John said, you said you, you, know, you, you talked about you revised your opinion and you were doing it even in Facebook when I was able to kind of, you know, glance in on conversations with you guys um, after the show was recorded. And see, that's the thing. You revised your opinion now. And Glacinator's, you know, struggling to, 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 to give exactly what he's thinking. This is a to, problem. To have an opinion. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to. Honestly. Be, yeah. I, uh, this is the problem. If, if, if you're going to reach casual people, you know, you have to have a concrete message like, like, Nintendo did with a Wii. That's easy to understand. Like John, you don't like tinkering with your PC, but you're capable of it. Mm-hmm. Pat does not like tinkering with his PC, but he's fully capable of it. It's a matter of preference. But if push comes to shove and you want to play game X, you can tinker with your PC in a number of ways to to see if it's actually going to let you do it. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
Um, obviously, like the V-Sync thing. Wasn't it V-Sync that was causing you issue? V-Sync mm-hmm. or, or, or yeah, it was, it was anti-alias? V-Sync, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because a lot of times it's either V-Sync or anti-aliasing that gives you shit. Um, you know, and so, I mean, we are of the class of gamer that either likes to tinker, although I'm getting less in love with it by the day, and I think that's just, (laughs) I've done it too much, or I'm getting older, um, you know, and, and you guys are capable of it. I mean, uh, I would think since the desktop PC still does so much for us. You know, like do this show and and futz around the internet and things of that nature. Um, and yes, by futz around the internet, I meant watch porn. It was code. Uh, you, you know that that that's still a better deal. At say, I mean, I paid eight hundred and something US for this i five box, right? Mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna put another couple hundred into it. I'm gonna upgrade the video card and power supply. A year and a half later, because I want to. It's it doesn't need it. It's because I want to. You know, it'll still play game most games at at a decent FPS. Um, I, I mean, and I say most because I haven't tried them all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, the, the, that's where my confusion comes with the, with the and, and my problem. My other problem too, and I admit this is something that's extremely uh, in my court. At, I suppose. Is I don't trust Newell. He's getting even with the the parody thing that we know about, and you audience folks that don't want we'll to search for it, uh, dorkly. It, you know he 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 seems way too confident in himself. You know, and 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 my other issue, and I may have said this. Did you guys catch that in Facebook last week, or were you not paying attention? Just like I was, um, you know, <laughs> as, as the, yeah, that's right. Right back at you. Uh, as, as Microsoft has found out trying to move into the tablet and phone market, it's one thing to make OSs. It's a whole nother thing to get into hardware. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I see parallels with, with valve. It's one thing to make games and to make a great engine, which the source engine has been. And I think the second one will be too. I have, as much as Newell pisses me off a lot of times, I have utter confidence that they're, that the second Source Engine, or rumored second Source Engine, rumored Half-Life 3, rumored Left 4 Dead, whatever, 3, fucking tired of rumors, um, is going to be tremendous. I, I still think that there's going to be some teething issues with moving from purely software side, you know. And never forget, and it's not usually something I harp on, but some of this, oh, it's Valve, we should love them. Well, Steam's got DRM. I see a bootstrapper every once in a while, and I live with it because I like my Steam games. So, you know, it, it's kind of like the kumbaya love for Apple when Jobs was still with us. Yeah, they're better than EA and Activision to a certain extent, but they're in business to make money, too. You know. Okay, so to wrap this up, um, and if you guys did this last week, I apologize. Um did he, well, actually, I'll just ask you. Did either of you say whether you would be interested in purchasing it, yay or nay? Or did you leave that out? Mm. I think I asked John. I think I asked you if you were thinking about it. Expect me to know this shit, and you guys can't remember. <laughs> um, 
I, I, I basically said, uh, I'm, I, I think I, I think I said I'd like to see how it plays out and and, and what they're more they're offering. Uh, you know, they're they're still being a little bit too vague to make a to make a, a buying commitment. And Glazenator, how about you? It's going to stream so many Mac games. Yep. <laughs> Can't wait to play all those not games. <laughs> Can't wait to play Awesome Knots on a slightly bigger screen than you already play it on. <laughs> With a controller that looks like it's. Not a controller. Well, and uh, and and John can can. I I don't know why they just don't all start copying the 360 slash PS3 controller. They're both pretty decent to work off of. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I personally like the 360 better, but I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I, that's the predominant controller I have in my hand. Um, I've had an issue or two with uh, with thumb on the PS2 controller, but I've held the PS3 controller enough to know that once I got accustomed to it, I would, uh, you know, like it almost probably as much as I do the 360. Uh, so uh, that, I think, is kind of my advice, because the Oya controller was the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, this is plug into one hole and then another. I mean, th- there were some really dirty jokes that went through my head when I saw that Oya controller. <laughs> um, it's like, do you sit on it? Um, you know, I mean, it's just, and I'm being tame, uh, you know, so if maybe that's my advice to, to, uh, aspiring hardware makers, just rip off Sony and Microsoft. They've actually got controllers down pretty good. Cause you'll notice that those two didn't stray too far from the design with the Xbox one and, and the, uh, PS4 controllers. They're a little different, but not much. So, there you go. Okay, so that's Steambox Redux. Close enough for government work, anyway. Um, moving on, we have a Can-Man segment. And damn it, it's in the middle of the show. Sucks to be some people. Uh, this week, he's asking us questions about Nintendo. And some of you are probably groaning because we talk about Nintendo and they're flailing or not flailing quite a bit. But he actually asked two really specific questions that, as he put it to me in an email, uh, that we've kind of danced around. And, and the more I read these questions, I, I really am looking forward to answering them. So, take it away, man in a can. Who's not in his van? What is going on, people? The man is back. And if you haven't figured it out, I'm not in the van. I'm back in the can. Can man. First off and foremost, I really like to uh, thank Glacinator and John Kind for a great episode 177 of WonderPod. The two man show was great. You guys did a good job. It was really cool listening to the alternate WonderPod Online intro, so to speak, that Audio Master G and Glazenator put together, or something like that. It's been a long time. I like it. <coughs> Good job, guys. So, anyways, what does the man in the can van need to talk about today? Going back on the topic of Nintendo, because hey, Nintendo's a great company. But I got a couple questions for the crew. I noticed Nintendo, well, Nintendo really can be broken down into two divisions. 
the hardware side and the software side. <coughs> the hardware side constantly creating new, exciting, innovative, fun systems. Whether it was the first NES with the controller was different and how they did things saved, or at least it said saved console gaming, all the way up to the Wii U with a tablet and two screens and a touch screen, the Miiverse, although that's software, but you know what I'm saying. The hardware system with the 3DS, the DS, the Wii, the N64, the Rumble Pack. Always innovating. Always new. Then there's the software side. The software side kept up. I mean, the first Super Mario Brothers was perfect for the NES. And of course, I talked about the Rumble Pack. Well, the Rumble Pack's only as good as the software, and Nintendo's software division made an amazing Star Fox 64, the first ever game to use force feedback, rumble, shock, whatever the competition that copied them calls it. So the software division was just as innovative as the hardware division. Super Mario 64 was an awesome video game that took advantage of that new fancy controller with the analog sticks, with the 3D processor, Wii Sports was a perfect example of the hardware division and the software division, both innovative, both keeping up with each other. A simple game that changed everything, and that was the perfect platform game, not platform game, perfect game for the console to show off motion gaming. I could go on and on, Nintendogs and etc. on the DS, but you get the point. Nintendo was known for innovation in both its hardware and its software. Now, things seem to have changed a bit. Sure, Nintendo's come out with the 3DS, the hardware division, still doing innovative things. And the Wii U is, of course, different, new, innovative tablet-slash-console mix. But has the software division kept up? with the hardware division. It seems to me the software division might have slowed down. Heck, John, you said lazy at some point a few weeks ago. I think maybe you're right. In my opinion, the software division has not kept up with the hardware division, at least yet. The software division is busy rehashing Wii Sports, a great game but doesn't do much for the Wii U system. They're busy making Zelda, another great game. If, tell you, if you haven't played this game, go buy it. It's awesome. But it doesn't do anything, really, about the uh, Wii U hardware. So it seems to me, Nintendo Software Division has slowed down, has taken it easy, has perhaps become lazy. That might be an extreme, lazy might be an extreme word, but they're definitely not keeping up with the hardware. There was, there was no Super Mario 64. There was no Wii Sports. You know, there hasn't been a Dogs or anything like that yet. And, you know, it's been a quite a long time, relatively speaking. There should be something coming out. 
So there's my first question to Glazinator, John, Bruce, whoever is there, the ghost of Diddy Kong. Whatever. <clears throat> first question is, you know my opinion on it, so I need to know yours. Is Nintendo's software division becoming lazy? Are they not keeping up with the hardware innovation compared to previous generations, handheld systems, consoles, the Wii and the N64 come to mind right away, where hardware and software innovated together for the product. I think they become a bit lazy. I think they, I think they need a kick in the innovative ball sack. What do you guys think? My second question, what about the three amigos? The Triforce of Power, as they like to be called on the internet. The head honchos of Nintendo. Should there be a shake-up? Should there be more accountability? Or should they just stay the way they always have? Miyamoto, Iowata, Reggie, Hamburger Boy. These three guys run the show with an iron fist. What they say goes, what they do goes. Are they starting to become a little bit out of touch? Do they need to become more innovative? Do they need to be with the times? Should there be a change in this group of individuals? I remember Bruce mentioning in, pa in passing something about this. But I'd like to know your guys' opinion. They're a legendary group. Super famous, super, I don't know, accomplished. They are Nintendo. But should they keep up with the times? Should they make some changes? Should they be less stubborn? I think yes. I think it's, it's a hard question to answer, but maybe some new blood should come into the equation. I don't know how that would work. You've got those three guys, the head of Nintendo America, the head of Nintendo completely, Iwata, and then the top developer, game creator of all time. I don't know how you infiltrate that group, but there should be some way of doing it. Bring in some fresh, young talent with new ideas. Change the pace a bit while still keeping the amazing tradition and quality of Nintendo games. I'm asking too much to have these three guys share their responsibilities with anyone else. But I think it, it's important that there's some sort of change with these, the Triforce of Power, Miyamoto, Reggie, and Iwata. I'd love to see a change, but I don't think it's going to happen. <coughs> Nothing dramatic. I think there needed to be someone to say, Hey, Miyamoto, we know you're a legend. But we're not going to let you do whatever you want to do with the Wii U. Miyamoto wanted to make Pikmin 3, so he made Pikmin 3. It's a fun game, but it, it wasn't the system-selling huge game that Nintendo needed near the beginning of its lifespan. There should have been someone there to say, Miyamoto, I'm the boss, and you're going to make a new... Mario 64 Galaxy game. You're going to make something brand new, innovative, to sell Wii U's. But they didn't do that. Instead, they said, 
hey Miyamoto, you're the man, do whatever you want. And he made Pikmin 3 right out of the gate when maybe he should have been making something bigger, better, for the sake of the Wii U. But that's just me. That's just an example of kind of the stubbornness that makes me think that maybe there should be a slight shake-up or maybe a change or some fresh blood inside the three powerhouses of Nintendo, the management side. Anyways, those are my two questions. Question number one, in case you forgot, <laughs> the man in the can's babbling again, but question number one, <clears throat> do you think that the software side of Nintendo is not keeping up with the hardware side? In the past, they did with great games, but are they becoming, well, quite frankly, lazy? The second question, should there be some form of change, innovative change, shake-up, whatever you want to call it, within the top management of Nintendo, the three amigos? Or do you think it's fine, and if it isn't broken, don't fix it? There you go, boys and girls. My can rant for the day. It's babbling on, so I'm going to sign off. Pac-Man, Van-Man, Can-Man, whatever man you want me to be. Ooh, that's sexy. Signing out. See you all on the flip side. Woo! Hey, Can-Man and a Pat-Van. Well, you got some good Nintendo questions. I always enjoy talking about Nintendo. I am a Nintendo fanboy at heart. We all know it. So... Let's get to it, because you got two pretty good ones. So the first one, hardware versus software divisions at Nintendo. Well, 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 well. I think you have a point. Uh, Nintendo do have a history of adapting their software to the hardware and, and making something interesting and making something novel. I think, uh, I think with the Wii U, um, I think there is some falling behind. I, I don't think Nintendo quite know what they have. I think they they know they have something interesting. They have something that, that has a lot of potential, a lot of things that can be done. Um, but I'm just not sure if the software guys, at least initially. Now, I mean, I, I may be proven wrong on this in the in the coming months, but I'm not quite sure if they know what they have and how to, you know, the the, the whole message to the to the consumer about why why this thing is so special. I think there are some games that kind of utilize that. I think that Rayman Legends Jam does use it really well in, in, the, in both the interacting with the game differently by touching the screen and, and not looking at the television at all, while that affects other players. I think that, that, that's, a, that's a pretty cool little, little thing that they've got going on. Um, but I'm sure there's more. There, there are more things that, that can be done. Uh, if I recall, Zombie U does some neat little things with it, and but that's a Ubisoft game. They're actually, they're both Ubisoft games, so that that's also kind of interesting uh, that that Ubisoft is is kind of <laughs> taking the game pattern, running with it a little bit. I mean, just think about the new Mario Kart. The only thing the new touchscreen does, as of this point that I know of, it's a horn. If you want to beep your horn in your cart, beep beep, you just touch the touchscreen. That's kind of lame. Uh, but, but anyway, um, question two, should there be a shakeup on the management side? Well, 
<sighs> it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to say. I, I think, I think the the old guard as it is are starting to get it. I think um, I was on the on the Wii U and 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 3DS even uh, eShops today, and there was actually a an, this is Indie Week on on Wii, on Nintendo systems, where they're showcasing a lot of. Um, Indie games um, that are currently available, and also the games that are going to be appearing at the uh, Indiecade uh, event, um, which is another indie game showcase. That those games that are going to be on Nintendo systems. Um, you know, I, I don't think indie games are necessarily what's going to save uh, the system, but it's definitely a sign that Nintendo are are looking outside their own uh, box, looking outside. You know, at options, looking at at, at, fre- at they're looking at the fresh faces and fresh blood of the, of the future. Um, so, you know, and, and also some of the you know advancements they're making in terms of the eShop itself and some of the online. And um, I think they're smartening up, and and I, I hope for their sake it's not too little too late. But it's I think it's a sign that the old guard is 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 getting smarter. Um, but you know. Maybe some new blood in there would help things. You know, make things move a little faster. Maybe you know, there's people say that that you know, new the new management likes likes to likes to uh, bring in new 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 faces and new things. So it could be a help. But then again, this is a company who has, that has you know made a you know many many years uh, with tr- tradition on their side. Um, it'd be kind of sad to see them. And turn, see Nintendo turn to a you know just another uh, just another company another game company and not the Nintendo you know that's near and dear to my heart so it's it's kind of a tough question to answer but but I, I do think they're getting smarter. How about you, Glace? What do you think about uh, the Batman the Batman Kanban <laughs> brand van three thousand questions? Um. Well, in terms of uh. Has the software division become lazy? I don't think it's necessarily the software division becoming lazy, per se. I think it's more so that they're not doing anything different. I mean, if you want to call that lazy, I guess you can call it lazy. I mean, they're still putting stuff out. They said they have the new Mario 3D Land coming out. They have, uh, I mean, Wind Waker HD came out. The thing is that I don't think they're doing anything, like I said, different. They're not doing anything new. I mean, Pikmin 3 is coming out. You gonna say something? I was gonna say uh, I I I don't. I, I, a part of me wants to agree with you on that point, but then a part of me also thinks that's not a software developer's problem. I think that's a like consumer. The, no, the it, it might it might be a how do we milk this more? Like the, the maybe a management kind of thing rather than the software division, the hardware division. It's so it's someone at a high up saying Mario Kart is this thing that makes a lot of money every time it comes out on each system. What, you know, let's not change what ain't broke. You know the you know the Mario stuff. You know. I don't know the thing is though is that I mean the GameCube had so many shakeups with how their franchises went. Uh huh. It did. I yeah. mean, double, Mario Kart. Mario Kart was Double Dash then. Mario Super Mario was Mario Sunshine. Uh, yep. and then you had Wind Waker, that same uh, console cycle. It, it was very, it was very different, very unique games. And then the Wii sort of was a herald back to, oh, we're going back to you know the golden age of whatever 
games were great then, you know. And then the Wii U was sort of okay. The Wii did really well, so let's do that part too. Mm-hmm. I well, think. I, I mean, like my example is is New Super Mario Brothers. That first came out on the DS, and then it was on Wii, and then it was on 3DS, and now and now it's on Wii U. And that game has, you know, there are some differences, but they're pretty minute, right? Mm-hmm. Like that that game sold gangbusters on on DS, and then they put it on Wii, and it sold gangbusters again. But then when it, you know Mar- Super, New Super Mario Brothers 2 on 3DS is n- there is nothing on like there's very little on that that makes it different from the other ones and and as much as i'm i i do enjoy the the wii u version i you know there are there are very many similarities between that and the and the even the original one on ds other, other than the difficulty it's a lot harder but the and then and now they've got you know new super luigi u which is the same the same engine running this different levels shorter harder levels but but the, you know the same nonetheless, right? Yeah, I mean they're good games, but I've already played them before, basically. Yeah, yeah it's like, like, like you know it's like going like, to your favorite restaurant. You know you don't go there every day because then you get bored after it, and you don't want to yeah. get bored of your favorite food. So you know you got to switch it up every once in a while. And I don't think they're switching it up enough. Mm-hmm. And I guess I was attributing that to software, and I guess you're right; it's not necessarily software. But I think the software guys would. In my mind, I, I think that they would probably love to have the freedom to play, but they're they're making games that someone says make these games because they sell or have sold, and it's the same kind of like it's the Call of Duty, it's the it's the Madden model, right? You know, inc- you know, inc- small incremental upgrades well, from what, from year to year. Then what do you think made GameCube so different? That's sort of going on a different tangent, but you would think that it would change <laughs> with every. Every console cycle, you know. It's a good question, um, and maybe it's maybe it's the fact that the, that the GameCube didn't, you know, there was there wasn't there wasn't that lofty expectation to sell to sell so many copies at that time, you know. Like you, you knew that the core games would would do well. Maybe maybe whoever was in charge at the time thought you know some different some change ups at that time were, were the right thing, but you know the GameCube didn't sell. Like gangbusters, but the Wii did, you know. Or maybe with the Cube, that's the first time Nintendo felt threatened by Microsoft and Sony. Sega was there, but they were kind of struggling. But maybe that's when definitely Sony Nintendo started to take notice of the potential of. I I'd see it as both. Yes, Sony was ahead and more of a threat. But even in the original Xbox, you could see Microsoft was serious about this, and that yeah. what we're seeing now is 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 was you know definitely possible back then. Maybe that's why the cube was a little different, and then they kind of drip pulled in word and went you know kind of regressed a little with the Wii, and decided to tap another market rather than attempt to just butt heads with Sony and MS head on. Which worked the first time, so maybe maybe that's why the cube was a little different. Anyway, sorry to cut you off, Eric. No, it's fine. No, I mean I was thinking the same thing too, so it's perfectly fine. Oh, were you um, the, 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 the thinking the same thing in what regard? Uh, in terms of who do we attribute the software division being lazy is what Pat as how Pat phrased it. But is it really the software division? 
Right. Or is it, or is it a corporate head saying, well, New Super Mario Brothers U sold X squillion copies. Let's do that again. Well, and why do you hear my take? Because I've got it. Uh, I, I've got an interesting thought when it comes to the hardware and software. But why don't you, uh, if you got more on the first one, Glace, why don't you go with that or answer the second one? I'll go over the second one. Um, specifically about, I guess, you say, you say Reggie and Company. Um, I mean, I love Reggie. I love Miyamoto. I love Iwata. You can't not like them. They seem like very nice guys. I'd love to hang out with them one day. But at the same time, you have to wonder if they're becoming outdated. Um, like I said, I mean, I, I really like them, but they're not necessarily, I guess, innovating, at least in the way that I would want them to innovate. And what John was saying about, is it too late to do that? I would hope not. But um, I'm, I know that Nintendo tried to shake it up. Uh, who was that they tried to introduce maybe during the Wii or after the Wii, that girl, the, the woman? Oh, yeah. Cap- Kaplan or something? Yeah, and that just didn't work out at all. You know, so it's sort of worrisome that maybe that we have it so ingrained in our minds that, oh, Miyamoto makes Nintendo games, and then Reggie is the weird guy that comes out and announces that we all love Reggie, and then Iwata is like the nice, polite, you know, guy at the end who's giving all the business models. And it's not going to be like that forever. I mean, Nintendo is expected to be around for a while, I think, and people die. <laughs> I hate to be morbid here, but they're not going to be in that position forever. So, who do you find to replace them? Because you're going to have to replace them eventually. And when you, when you do replace them, it's I mean, it's not going to be the same, but can you make it better? I don't know if you can. So I guess I posed two hypothetical questions there. I'm sorry, but that's the way that I went about answering the question. Well, maybe we could tie that back into what I'm about to say. Because I, I read that question, the first one, and my immediate thought is, why not split them? Why not make the software division more independent? I.e., and this is where my emotional attachment to Nintendo, or non-emotional attachment to Nintendo comes in and probably makes me a heretic to the true hardcore shower legends. Um, You know, it happened with Final Fantasy. Why not Mario on the PS3 and Xbox? Make the software division survive... Because while Sony and and Microsoft have their own in-house stuff and their exclusives, it's not it's still not like Nintendo. You know, Nintendo's first-party in-house catalog and how beloved they are is just there's nothing to compare it to. You know, I mean, uh, Microsoft has Halo, and Sony has you know. Um, well, <laughs> it's kind of hard to pick Sony's. I mean, they got a few, but it used to be GTA and Final Fantasy, and now that's kind of all over the road, um, all over different systems. But and 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 then with this split, make the hardware division have to compete more to get games, because believe you me, Sony and Microsoft are cutting deals left and right to get their exclusives, to get the hook games you know and it doesn't seem like nintendo focuses on that enough it seems like that the software and hardware divisions are in lockstep and and i'm not saying split them off in ownership i'm just saying separate them treat them as two different 
you know, entities or, or subdivisions or, or uh, you know, uh, now shit. What's the business term I'm looking for? Uh, I can't think of it. But, but basically their own self-sustaining entity that can't really lean on the other. Not that I'm saying they do, but but maybe Nintendo finally has to do something like that to really move into the next phase, you know. I, I, I mean, I understand to a certain extent the idea of Mario being on anything but a Nintendo device or Zelda or, you know, Samus is, is, is literally is a heretic <laughs> type mm. assertion, but maybe the time has come. You know, I remember the reaction when Final Fantasy was going to be released on 360. I mean, it turned out to be a piece of shit, but uh, <laughs> it was just the concept of. Same with GTA. I mean, that was you know that was Sony only for uh, quite a while. Mm, I, uh, I I would agree that there's opportunity there for for some gains financially to do that, but I don't I I don't. I just don't see it. Like I think you'd have to pry Mario from their cold dead hands to get them on a different system. Of one person, and that's where I'm going with number two. Uh, here's how I would handle management. A shakeup is good. Like now that Balmer's gone, you have people calling for Bill Gates to have absolutely nothing to do with the company. You found it this, that, and the other thing. But it's something that has to be handled with care, because just because you bring in somebody else, somebody new doesn't necessarily mean things are going to get better. You know, it's it's a crapshoot when you make a changing of the guard or you, uh, you know, shift things. I don't expect the EA to be a hell of a lot different with the former than the former CEO had them, you know. And but then again, you then you run into the business aspect where which we don't really want to get too heavily into of shareholders and assholes running around that have a lot of money and very little to do, like Carl Ichikon, who's attempting to destroy tech companies one after the other so he can get richer. Um, but I think Iwata needs to go. What really made me just think he's not in touch with modern gaming and modern tech was his assertion that Nintendo games... Am I getting it backwards again, John? <laughs> uh, don't should never move into a mobile space. And I just went and and almost like he was dismissive of mobile, which you can be dismissive of it if you want, but it's a force to be reckoned with. And I get the feeling, and maybe it's somebody besides Iwata, but I get the feeling that. Miyamoto and Reggie work with one hand tied behind their back a lot of times. And so for me, if it is Iowata that's kind of the, you know, trying to tread on past glories, I would like to see him removed or whoever it is and what see what would happen if Reggie and Miyamoto and others had more free reign, you know, because even though Reggie's kind of the face of Nintendo to a certain extent, he's also a very smart gentleman, as is Miyamoto. 
And and believe me, even though I don't have the emotional attachment to Nintendo that some of our listeners do and that, that, that John and Glace do to a certain extent, I don't like the thought of proposing, you know, just bye-bye, Iwata. He's done a, a tremendous amount of things for Nintendo that have been nothing but good. But I, I that's how I see it. Can man in the van on the way to the band. Um, had to do something tough, John, or try. Uh, you, you know, is, is the, that, that, that there, I think there's one particular figure that's kind of holding the others back and, and using Iowa's statements about mobile in general leads me to believe it's him. So I, I, I'm not sure a full shakeup is, is really necessary, but again, you have to remember this is a Japanese country company <laughs> country company they're very conservative in their movements a lot of times and very traditionalist even today and so i th- i think getting any major shakeup at nintendo that is going to take them almost being held off the cliff meaning it's going to have to get a lot worse than it currently is let's ju- I, my only hope is it's not too late to save it once it gets to that point. I hope so. Yeah. I heard you I heard you start taking a breath there, John. You got you got anything on what I just said there? Oh no, nope, sorry. I'm good. Oh that's fair enough. I either way, I just want to make sure that Glace, any final thoughts or we'll roll on. Oh uh, no. I'm pretty much got all just I mean I don't think I agree necessarily with Iwata. I think it's probably just the way that Nintendo in itself is oriented. I mean, it's a company rooted in tradition. I don't think it's right to blame it on one person necessarily. That's just, I mean, that's just the way it's always been over there. Well, and I should say that, that, that even though I have one piece of evidence that I feel lends credence to, to, to what I would like to see, um, yeah, I mean, by no means. If it came out tomorrow that it was Reggie or Miyamoto or some guy we don't know his name because we don't see him at every... You know, Nintendo Direct and E3 and stuff. Uh, then fair enough. But I, I do honestly believe that there's somebody dragging their feet. Maybe it's because they're a more traditionalist company. You know, um, as some as a lot of Japanese companies tend to be. Um, you know, and, and and I will reiterate as I've done in the past. Sony and, and Microsoft are so busy slugging it out with each other, I think there's still a possibility for Nintendo to slide in and do some good sales with people who are just sick of both of them and and, and really get tired of all the constant infighting and, or, you know, grandstanding and showmanship. I mean, as Sony has proven, a lot of their E3 was pure PR, and now as the details leak out, Nobody cares because Sony's already won everything of all time. Um, so there you go, Can Man. Um, moving on, this, I mean, we've talked about this before, I think, but I, it just—it's the kind of thing when it comes to gaming that bears repeating every time it comes up. Um, the Red Cross International is calling on the gaming industry to make players accountable for war crimes. Yeah, you heard that right. Giving 
the increasing realism of video games. The International Committee of Red Cross, also known as a bunch of useless fucksticks, has asked the games industry to implement in-game punishments for depicted acts in violation of international laws of war. I should also note that this is the International Red Cross for the third time, not your local Red Cross. Same bunch of folks, kinda, but yeah, not exactly. Uh, video games that are representing battlefields are very close to reality, and actually it's very difficult to tell the difference between real footage and the footage you get from video games. Francis, shit for brains, I can't pronounce his name and don't care to, told the BBC as transcribed by Gamasutra. We are arguing that we have to get even closer to reality, and we also have to include the rules of conflict as well. Acts featured in recent video games that are considered war crimes, including shooting civilians, torture, and stealing dog tags. That last one, I think they're full of shit, but okay. Punishments for such crimes can be heavy, up to and including execution. Give me what you got, gentlemen. Glass, let's start with you. I'm just imagining if you're playing, let's say you're playing one of the original Call of Duty games, and you're you're playing online, and you're playing as the Germans. After you lose the death match game, whatever it is, you have to sit in trial for war crimes afterwards. What the it's hell like was it's a little cutscene. What the hell was the name of that city? Like a quick time event? Right. But what the hell was the name of that city where all the famous trials were? Oh, shit. My brain's not working. Where all the war crimes trials were for the death camps and stuff. Nuremberg. You mean a, a, a screenshot of you sitting at Nuremberg with head, with rudimentary headphones listening to... Yes, yes. People can basically screw it. Just, you're doomed. Yep. That might make it easier to take, uh, the ridiculousness of it. John, any thoughts on what Francois blah, blah, blah had to say? <laughs> I, I, the next thing I'm going to have happen is, is PETA wanting to punish me for jumping on a turtle in Mario. Don't give them any though. fucking ideas. <laughs> yeah, they had a, didn't they flip the out about, thing. Yeah, didn't they flip out about the furry suit? that's what I think about it (laughs) here's my problem how about we work on and and including the United States to a certain extent how about we work on uh, trying the real war criminals in the Hague (laughs) that's too hard you fucking tool sheds you know requires effort what about that idiot in Syria that's gassing his own people Mm. you know Uh, how about Africa, damn near the entire continent. You got enough dirtbag warlords running around <laughs> committing crimes against humanity in that continent to keep you busy for 20 years. Yeah, I, I'm, I am going to invoke my invoke another uh, uh, moment from last week's episode and choose to cl- uh, press the ignore button on, uh, on the International Red Cross in this particular issue. Is you know, Glazenator brought up PETA, and that's a good point. This is just a, a freaking PR deal, like PETA tries to do. It's just a look at me, look at me, call attention to themselves, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, how can you even think you're being reasonable or rational, calling on video game makers to include these things when you can't even you can't even get under control? A bazillion warlords. I, hell, not even warlords. 
that idiot in Russia, Putin's the president of the country, and he's trying to wipe out gays and lesbians. Yep. Yep, it's got to be video games. Them damn video games. They caused Putin to make that anti-gay and lesbian law. They caused, what's his face in Syria, to gas people. Uh-huh. He learned that from playing Call of Duty. You heard it here first. Yeah. What's the easy what's the easy scapegoat? Oh, video games. Anything that's not a real solution. This was not a good week for this one to come up because I'm a uh, with what's currently going on in this country and the fact that the knucklehead clown car circus fucking politicians on both sides can't pull their head out of their ass long excuse me, out of their dogma long enough to do something. Anything. Um Hell, they got in a giant circle and started jerking each other off. I'd be happy with that as progress. It's about the same thing here. <laughs> My apologies to any female politicians. You'll just have to figure it out. Uh, you know, and it's the same thing with this stupid shit. And that's why we, you know, if you're getting tired of us bringing this up, that's why we bring it up to mock it. It's not worth anything more than mockery. You know, it's a game. It's not real. What? Every time you say that, every time you say that, a video game fairy dies. It's not real. I didn't kill that hooker last night in GTA Five. What? Yeah. Damn it! She gave me herpes. Mario Mario cries every time you say that. (laughs) What? Oh, Mario cries every time you say it's not real. Yep. Yeah, but if it was real, he'd have bent Princess Peach over the friggin' toadstool by now. Poor bastard's got to have the biggest... If you really think about it in reality, the poor bastard's got to have the biggest set of blue balls in recorded history at this point. No, he just has fireballs. <laughs> See? That's my point. It's gone on so long, they've caught on fire from mm-hmm. friction. He brings those blue sparks in Mario Kart, though. We are ruining <laughs> everybody's fucking childhood with this, but I love it. I think it's funny as hell. Um... Uh... Yeah, that's also the reason for the blue sparks, because his balls are so swollen, they're dragging behind the cars. <laughs> is, is there anybody? Yeah, what do, you think he, what do you think he talks like that? It's a me! I'm a de-wiener. <laughs> if you hadn't been able to get with your princess for 25 or 30 years, you'd be going, it's a me, too! And have a brother that you're not 100% certain Things aren't happening. Uh, he's got the big vacuum. Uh, oh shit! Okay, Slow. let's move, let's move on. This is just, this is getting even bad to me. Um, the, the last, well, maybe the last thing we're going to talk about tonight, or ever. If there's anybody left after that, uh, Bad Company will return in the future. In future Battlefield games, Dice says. Are they just fucking teasing us and being mean at this point, Glacinator? I'm not even going to read what the dude said. It doesn't matter. Are they just being I, mean, I think it was, it was obvious it was coming back. I mean, that, sold, that stuff sold so well, there's no way in heck they would just leave it alone. Well, I mean, didn't we talk about this a few weeks ago? That the, uh, Well, actually, it ties right in. Look at that. A full circle show. And I said circle jerk like five minutes ago. This is brilliant. Um... You know, I mean, it ties in nicely with what you're talking about with GTA 5. What you talked about last week that I may or may not have heard. Um, you know, because, I mean, I, I liked that kind of parody satire stuff. 
of you know, I like the serial serial business. Hell, I should be tried for war crimes in the Hague. Half the shit I've done on COD and Battlefield. Pat should be like hung because of all the times he shot me in the back and left for dead too. I mean, he violated the Geneva Convention nightly. Um, hell, nightly, hourly. Fucking coach. Um, but anyway. But, but I don't know. This just almost feels like taunting. Like we, It should have been this time as far as I'm concerned. I think that's my problem with it. And the problem is it's really hard to rail because I want to play another Battlefront too, and, <laughs> and they're making that. But so for the, those of you like Glacinator and I that enjoyed the comedy stylings of the four knuckleheads in Battlefield Bad Company, um, it, it's I don't know. I, I to a certain extent, it's not quite Kitty Dragons yet, but mm-hmm. I'm starting to feel that way. Which leads us into the actual final thing we're talking about tonight because we can't kill a streak. What in the hell does re-engineering mean? This is Team Ico's latest pile of bullshit. That they're re-engineering it. It's the latest carrot. Yeah. It's it, it it's like it's like the mechanic telling you that he's re- re-engineering your car when he's fixing a flat tire. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Are you just numb to it at this point? I mean, you, your quote to 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 me in in Facebook was or us in Facebook was. <laughs> that means it's going to the PS4, which yeah was pretty blatantly obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like it, it has to be where it's going, and and we've talked about how different, like like the PS3 and the PS4 are two completely different architectures. So it would, I guess, it would require uh, some reengineering to make it work. Is that what we're going to now speculate? Because that's really all you can do when it comes to Last Guardian. Uh. It has to be. Is that what's been going on all along? They got hung up, got behind, went, fuck it, it's going next gen, and they've just been struggling like a bastard to make it work on x86 architecture. You know, it could be. Who knows, you know? I mean, they, I mean, they, they do say that they have a smaller team working on it, so maybe it's just taking a lot of time. I don't I don't know. But like you say, I'm I'm pretty well numb. It's, it's, the, it's to the point where, it, you know, I'll I'll believe it when I see it. On an actual system. Well, Glacinator, we need your expert art opinion. If <laughs> you're not supposed to laugh when I say that. Oh, yeah, it's quiet. Yes. Uh, yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I concur. T- yeah. yeah, there we go. Yeah, okay, we're in hipster mode now. We're good. Yeah, um... I'm pulling my glasses down a little bit here. Okay. <laughs> you get, is your beard long enough to like twist it? I haven't um... trimmed it in a while, so <laughs> it's getting there. Anyway. If if I understand everything correctly, and obviously mm-hmm. some days I miss shit, if they get the engine or the guts running on x86 architecture, shouldn't most of the textures and artwork and models pretty much just cross over? Or or is there or is there other things that you have to fine tune once you move it to a different kind of architecture? Because it's just yeah. models and art to a certain extent. I mean, well, you have to update it for for better graphics. I mean, if you're originally making the models for PS3, there's a certain amount of polygons you can have in each you know model, whether it be a character or a set piece. And then if you put it into PS4, I mean, you can just translate that, but it would be a PS3 game running on PS4. 
And if they're going to push it back to hold on for for PS4, they're probably going to want to update those models to a higher polygon count. Um, in terms of like what the story is and how that is all going to play out, that should be the exact same, unless they want to mess with that again. Um, and also in terms of how the the software itself, like the game engine, runs along with the hardware, like maybe. They want to have maybe with the PS4 they can do a more expansive area in a game or more detail on hair or something, and so by upping the quality on what it's running on, they can do more stuff, and that changes what they want to do for the story. Maybe I don't know. I mean, it gives them it opens up more options, and in that way, it sort of makes it more complicated. Do you think that there's such a vast difference in graphic quality between the two that? That means the scrapping of models. You just can't add polygons and refine it. Or do you think they'll be able to get away with, well, to put it in simple terms, a, a paint job to make it look shinier on the higher? I mean, if the character design is the same, which in this case I'm assuming it is, I mean, all you do is you just add more, it's called subdivisions on your surfaces on the polygon mesh. It's right. Super like technical here. But basically, you're just cutting each plane that makes up your model in half. And I assume that when you're upgrading from PS3 to PS4, you can probably do that like 50 times. And so you can make it a lot you know, more detailed. Which I guess wouldn't be that much of an effort to do, but what I'm saying is that if they have more room to work with the hardware, they maybe want to add more stuff. I don't know. That makes sense. That gives you I, that actually should give you a little hope, John. Because and also, by the way, as you can tell, Glacinator knows what the hell he's talking about. He just gets embarrassed. Um, sort of <laughs> close enough for our audience. Um, yeah, the polygons, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless Roger's taking a modeling in his spare time. Um, and I know Pat doesn't. Uh, <laughs> does that? Do, to look at it in kind of a little bit of a of a uh, twisted way, though, John, if that is the case, given what Glacinator's talking about, and given we know it has to change architecture completely, nothing can cross, that actually should give some hope. I know mm-hmm. it's hard to have at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I want it to, uh, I want it to work out, but, you know, I, I'm still going to, you know, believe it when I see it. Yeah, well, I mean that's oh, okay. So, so to ask the 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 question, let's say Kitty Dragons comes out on PS4 and it gets good reviews, and you do not mm-hmm. own a PS4, mm-hmm. will you then own a PS4? Uh, <laughs> I can hear well, the wheels turning. Well, will, will I drop everything and jump run out and get one? Yeah, I don't. Like it would definitely be the one of the things that sways me that direction, that's for sure. Um, I'd, I'd also have to see what else uh, is available for the system at that time and how, how, how deep into the pile of shame I actually am. So th- there are some factors, but it would definitely be a, pos- a plus in the, in the PS4 column. Let's put it that way. Definitely be a plus. So there you go. I, I swore I wouldn't get a. I, I swore I wouldn't get a PS3, and 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 then I saw Metal Gear Four, and I and I got one. It happens, you know. Mm-hmm. I I have to. 
freely admit I was wrong. I expected there would be one standout franchise that would make Glacinator snap up a Wii U by this point. It hasn't happened. So. Nope. <laughs> he wears that like a badge of honor, like we need to tattoo it on his chest. Still Isn't holding a up. shirt. It actually says I don't own a Wii U on it. Yeah, actually, a shirt would be better because if you did ever eventually buy it, that's going to make for one stupid tattoo. <laughs> Remember, kids, putting things in permanent ink on your, or putting things in ink on your flesh is permanent without a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and if you don't go to the right people, it don't really go away. On that note, if you'd like to get in touch with us on anything we talked about on the show tonight, there are a number of ways you can do that. Uh, number one's Facebook. Everybody else has got a Facebook, so do we. It's been a couple of years now and going strong. Shoot us a friend request, unless you're an obvious bot, we will accept it. Um, second thing is we do have a website that we talked about a couple times on the show. Our very own Gunsage is back posting some things. He's got a couple good posts up there on Final Fantasy and GTA. Uh, it's wonderpotonline.com. Wonderpotonline.com. I also post this podcast there. The nice thing about that is it's kind of an archive for us, but at the same time, there's an embedded player. So if you're tired of downloading MP3s all the time, you can just listen to it on the website as you go about your day. But if you'd like it a more mobile version, i.e. MP3s, we're on iTunes. We're in the store catalog, or you can just search WonderPod. Leave us a rating. Positive, negative, (laughs) neutral. I don't think anybody's (laughs) neutral about this show at this point including us, uh, and we'd really appreciate it. And if you don't like iTunes, which we know a few people don't, we are on archive.org. Just search WonderPod in the episode or just search WonderPod. It's pretty easy. Uh, we have a ton of YouTube channels. Uh, Glacinator's got one with some models. Um, sorry, not the bikini kind. They're more the mm, video game kind. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. We have the 36Wii YouTube channel. We have the WonderPod Online YouTube channel, which may have some Minecraft videos popping up here, here in the not-too-distant future. Oh, good old Chris Lloyd, our buddy from England, has got his fantasy YouTube channel, which has got all kinds of stuff on it. Uh, we have a Twitter. It's at WonderPod Online, all one word, at WonderPod Online. Uh, none of that works for you. You have an email address. It's wonderpod at wonderpodonline.com. That's wonderpod at wonderpodonline.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter if you want to be bored to tears at O-R-I-G-I-M. Or you can follow John on Twitter at John Kehoe, J-O-N-K-E-H-O-E. Until episode 179, I am Bruce McGee, and I'm going to go commit some virtual war crimes. See you, people. Cheers. Goodbye. Wait a minute. If it's creepers, is it still considered a war crime? You are a terrorist because you are blowing things up. (sighs) True.